Deadheads, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Karen. This is The Walking Dead Cast, episode 294. And it's been a little while, but uh, as always, this episode is made possible by Patreon supporters like Brian Malosh, who pledged their support at patreon.com slash Jason and Karen. Thank you, Brian. We appreciate Thanks, it. Brian? Um, Patreon's been really fun lately. Uh, in the Facebook group that's part of Patreon, if you pledge at a certain level, we did this keto challenge for um, yeah. January. So a bunch of people went on the ketogenic diet. Actually, I was a little worried at first because when you go through the ketogenic diet, uh, the first couple of days are really hard. And I was afraid that people were going to die or something (laughs) (laughs) or hurt themselves or not get through it, you know, and then um, there was one one Robin who was really uh, just exhausted. And I'm like, oh, maybe you should stop. I don't know. But I think she's okay now. I got to check on her. She powered through it. Yeah. But now, you know, we're, we're most of the way through January and everybody's really stoked about it. Oh, that's great. Also, we do our monthly call-in shows. We just had one with uh, Kristen and Duncan of Game of Microphones. And I talk about my experience at Walker StalkerCon with the actors and stuff like that. And then another thing that we have been doing lately is this thing called Listener Chit Chat, where (laughs) I like pick one person at random and interview them for 30 minutes yep and so we've done two so far des combs and brian malosh and they're really fun and then we picked a new one avalino's gonna be the next one. Oh, mm. nice so love me avalino lots of fun stuff if you guys want to get in on that go to patreon.com slash jason and karen and we appreciate your support we do did you see the disaster artist I did not know. That's what uh, me and Rima and Sean covered uh, in our last episode. Oh, you did. Do you know about it? I sure do. Uh, I, I went by the movie theater in Piedmont, California. I used to run by it, and every single time I ran by it, they had a midnight showing of The Room. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> so for people who didn't listen to that, The Room is one of the worst movies ever made. Uh-huh, and cult the, movie. the disaster artist is James Franco's take on that, where he played, he directed it and played the main character. Um, what the heck is that guy's name? I forgot. But anyway, I, I just wanted to mention it, because here's some typical dialogue from the movie The Room. How was work today? Oh, pretty good. We got a new client, and the bank will make a lot of money. What client? I cannot tell you. It's confidential. Oh, come on. Why not? No, I can't. Anyway, how is your sex life? (laughs) 
is that is that from the disaster the artist or no, is it from the room? It's from the room. Oh my and, god! And this guy, uh, yeah, Tommy Wiseau. Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> <laughs> and he he was trying to make a serious drama, and now he says it's black comedy, but he's full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> So go back and listen to that. We had a lot of fun on that one. Uh, this episode, we're going to start off with some news about The Walking Dead, just to give you guys some actual Walking Dead stuff. Then Karen and I are going to talk about what we think makes a good TV show. And you guys all had a lot of great feedback about that, too. Then we're going to cover uh, Karen chose this Netflix movie, Little Evil, that came onto Netflix recently. And our review is going to be spoilery, but I just wanted to know, Karen, from you before we even start, would you recommend this movie to people and tell them to go see it? I would recommend this movie and tell people to go see it. Me too. I thought it was really funny and uh, yes. and good. <laughs> yep. yep. It's a Netflix movie, so you don't even have to really... I mean, if you subscribe to Netflix, you already have this movie. Yeah, for free. And uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to bring that up because I know probably not a lot of you guys saw it, but it's real fun. And so I, if you want something to watch, I de definitely recommend watching that before you listen to us. Heck yeah. All right. Let's get into the news. Obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens. The people he kills get up and kill. Are they slow moving, Chief? Yeah, they're dead. They're... All messed up. This is a Walking Dead cast news update. <laughs> okay, so AMC announced that Walking Dead has been renewed for a 39th season. Wait, it's just the ninth. <laughs> it just feels like it. <laughs> it's the ninth. And uh, they announced that on Saturday. And did you hear about Scott Gimple? Yes, I did. What, I wanted you your hear? take on this. So I heard that he got "quote unquote" promoted <laughs> yeah. out of the job, mm -hmm. and that they. I'll give you uh, a nice uh, office over in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. We're gonna give you a BS title, maybe. I uh, don't know. And uh, Angela Kang, am I yeah, remembering that right? That's right. Um, is now the showrunner, yeah, which so is fantastic. Angela Kang is a writer who's been on with the series since season two, and mm -hmm. we interviewed her a while back. Um, yeah, Scott Gimple has been promoted to like overseer of the Walking Dead properties, <laughs> yes. and I don't know if that's. I, I do feel like it's probably because they they realize the show needs to be creatively freshened up, but they they still respect Scott, so I don't think it's just a, a BS title. I think he's going to be spending some time mucking up Fear the Walking Dead, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so Angela Kang. I mean, I looked back and saw that she wrote. Uh, well, she wrote. Judge, Jury, and Executioner, which was the season two episode where they were deciding whether or not Randall should be killed. And yeah. That just bugged the shit out of me. But it wasn't in the writing. <laughs> the writing was fine. Um, she wrote the episode where Jesus came in and it was like Benny Hilling around with <laughs> Daryl and Rick. <laughs> that was pretty good. That moment with the Benny Hill music is seared into my brain hole. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she uh, wrote the season four finale with Scott Gimple too, uh, where uh, Gareth was leading them all into the train car. Uh, yes. The, the archer and you know, whatever the kid the sheriff. Yeah. That was right. a great episode. So, I mean, I think she's a fine writer, but I'm, I'm actually kind of concerned because she's been with the show since season two yeah, she has. and her voice is already a part of the show. And, and it feels like we want something, you know, creatively fresh and right. so I'm just hoping that she's had all these ideas and Gimple wouldn't let her do it. And now she's going to just <laughs> let it fly free and, you know, do something crazy. Yes, I'm sure that's exactly what will happen. Y you know what I mean? <laughs> like, 
I do. <laughs> She's already I do. like, what do you think? Yeah, I- I'm not sure. It's great that it's an Asian woman. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love that. In in terms of, um, yeah, in, in terms of diversity, hallelujah. Right. I have a good sense of her. I, I honestly, I, I actually kind of do think it's going to be okay. I hope you're right. Um, we'll see. She might not be a game changer, mm-hmm. but because she's been on for so long and she probably is heavily invested in the path that they're on, but God willing, she injects a little bit of freshness and a little bit of um, new direction. In yeah. It. So, you know. I think it will be different because Scott Gimple is so um, pervasive uh, in the show yeah. right now, you can feel his yeah. influence, and I want to say, I, I really think Scott Gimple is is a great writer, and you know he wrote Clear, and he wrote some really good episodes. Yep, and when he, he came on as showrunner in season four, and it, it was great, and five was great, and there there were ups and downs, but there was a lot of good stuff in there, and I really like that he tries to incorporate these themes that reverberate and stuff like that. But I just think that he's kind of run out of juice, and it's repetitive now and and you know he's i'm glad they did this because uh even the beatles or well i guess the beatles were always good but everybody you know after a while they just Uh sort of run out of juice right who's your favorite showrunner of all time by the way oh that's tough to uh think of right away but what springs to mind is vince gilligan yeah i was about to say it's got to be vince gilligan that series breaking bad has such a clear vision from the beginning to the end and it was a vision that everybody was on board with well when we talk about what makes a good tv show that subject will come up again about show yeah that's true yeah so let's move on so fear the walking dead season four is premiering at 10 p.m on sunday april 15th and then it'll go back to 9 p.m. the next starting the next week it's doing that i think because that's the night of the walking dead season eight finale so they'll play the fear the walking dead premiere that same night right so we'll like have half a podcast with you on it and then half with whoever's covering fear (laughs) i guess (laughs) oh that's great (laughs) and then uh let's see so fear is on hulu by the way if you're not caught up i would definitely recommend watching it because season three was great and better than walking dead is right now in my opinion Mm -hmm. and but they booted out the showrunner and they've got new showrunners coming in overseen by gimple so who knows what and and (laughs) the crossover character who i don't know if i should say because some people still might know but there's a crossover character going over there so i don't know hope it's still good yeah and i yeah um it's funny that you don't um i mean I guess it's probably good that you don't spoil that because there probably yeah. are people who don't already you know. Uh, maybe, yeah. Just in case. It's Rick. <laughs> Just kidding. It's Carl. He'll be there for one episode. <laughs> it's zombie Carl and, crossing And then over. lurching around for many more. Yeah, he's going to be a pet. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they can find a cure, you know? Yeah, Maybe. Okay, next, uh, Robert Kirkman, speaking of Carl, talked about the killing of Carl. He says, I think Scott first brought it up to me as a possibility probably about a year ago at this point. At first, I was kind of like, well, that's a big one, you know. I might have had a little bit of trepidation, but once he laid out to me exactly what his long-term plans were and the things that came out of it, 
the long-term plans were I'm leaving the show, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was something I got involved with. I know that some fans online have been very upset, but that's by design. We're not supposed to be happy when these characters die, and we're not supposed to like the show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're supposed to be worried about what comes next and anticipating what comes next and stressing out about what comes next. It's, spo- it's supposed to suck, basically. <laughs> that just right. shows this is all part of the plan yeah yeah it's if you're feeling like you don't want to watch the show anymore you're right where we want you to be <laughs> <laughs> that just shows you're engaged and you're interested if you change the channel or our job is to now pay that off and fulfill that interest and prove that yes. this was a decision worth making that's what we've got to do uh-huh please god let us do that <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be a long season otherwise. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, so Nicotero, Greg Nicotero, he directed the mid-season premiere coming up. He said Good. he cried in the editing room while he was watching it. He was like, this is so bad. No, I'm just <laughs> he said, uh, sorry, I'm just making jokes. I, I, uh, he, anyway, he said it reminded him of the episode where Tyrese died. Because yeah, yeah. you know, you knew he was bitten, and but he had some time to um, reflect on it. I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, are we referring to somebody we already know? Yeah. Well, you know, Carl got bitten. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But I mean, maybe there's somebody else that he's crying over. Maybe he doesn't give a shit about Carl. No. He's crying over someone else. No, he goes. Uh, he says it's a beautiful episode, and the people that clearly are upset about losing Carl and questioning where the show goes without Carl. I really do believe that a lot of people will put those feelings aside when they watch this episode because they're really going to get an opportunity to make some peace with it. I mean, that's what I think. I don't know. I could be completely wrong. He didn't, you added no, that. No, I didn't add that. <laughs> I think he's, you know, hesitant to um, predict anymore because of how yeah. the fans have been, you know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. If, uh, yes. Uh, r- recall, if you will, uh, Glenn getting his head bashed in. Yeah. Not as. And Nicotero's like, oh, people are going to love this. And then people did. <laughs> <laughs> wow. People are going to love it. And when we pop out Glenn's eye halfway, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. People are really going to get a lot of peace there. <laughs> <laughs> um. Mercedes Mason plays or played Ophelia on Fear the Walking Dead. She had a baby last Wednesday. Aww. It was her first little boy, Caius Kane. She oh. posted a picture of his little hand gripping her finger, which I oh. sent to you there. That is so cute. It was on Instagram. She says, your daddy and I love you more than we could ever express. I didn't know what love was till I saw your face. Oh, my God. <clears throat> that, that is so cute. sweet. Yeah. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Fracture.me. And, and also, uh, by that. the way, how I feel about my cat. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why we're a little bit late this week because uh, you had to go pick up your cat from the vet. And I how's had a, Posey? Posey. I had a cat emergency. Um, Posey's doing fine now. She's uh, on the road to recovery. And I'm very fortunate that she's food motivated because uh, I have to put her little antibiotic pills in these little pill wraps and she loves the pill wraps they must be like kitty crack so yeah she's like oh give me more of those pills (laughs) they're so good can you just give her the pill wrap without the pill 
I've done that. And yeah. she's like, uh, she's like, it must be candy. <laughs> yeah. She's... I love giving cats catnip. Have you ever done that? Yes, I have. She doesn't respond to it. A certain percentage of cats don't respond to catnip. I think it's like half. Oh, is it really? I, I wow. think, yeah. But mine so, did. He would just roll around and just get totally woo! high and then just be fine. I'm like, man, I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> and then did you stare intently at his paw? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> you ever look at your paw? Look at all those hairs. Wow. The SAG Awards happened a few days ago. Street Screen Actors Guild Awards. Did they? The only Walking Dead nomination was for outstanding action performances by a stunt ensemble in a TV series, but Game of Thrones won that. So, huh? Didn't win anything? Wow. Yeah, Game of Thrones kind of deserved that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, Ritas was interviewed by Entertainment Weekly. They asked him something about how long he'd like to be on the show. He said, I love being on the show. I could do this until it ended. There's a part of me that really wants to bookend the show. I started the show and I want to end the show. Well, you just may because apparently you're unkillable. Yep. Yep. Last man standing. (laughs) And I mean, what he didn't say is if they keep offering me more money every year, I will stick around. I will stick around. This <laughs> gravy train is keep going down the tracks. <laughs> I wanted to mention a few like personal things. Well, I guess it's just like self-promotion. Westworld cast <laughs> first episode came out. It's so great. Thank okay, you. I'm biased. I'm biased. But you <laughs> know, know what? I loved it. And I was bummed when it ended. And I was like, that was really oh, fast. And you. I want to hear more. And I... Yeah, it was wonderful. It's it's such a great show that it lends itself to a podcast and it lends itself to analysis, yeah. which is what podcasts are, you know, there for. And you guys are so funny <laughs> and there are so many funny jokes in it and you put in perfect music and it was <laughs> fabulous. So thank listen you to the Westworld cast. I was a little concerned that David and I both have this kind of low key monotone and we had no Karen like person to balance it out but um <laughs> people seem to think it was okay and then he yeah. said well, maybe we were too intellectual and i'm like i don't think we were that intellectual but also with that show you know people want to yes. delve into all the they meaning go, and everything they want to yep they want to deep dive and yeah. uh yeah no you guys you guys were you kept it fun and you oh, kept good. it you kept it jokey and so it was all those things okay i mean i had fun so i'm looking forward to do it we're doing we're going to record another ex- episode next week if you guys want to listen to that go to westworldcast.com um speaking of other things that we cover ash versus evil dead is coming back for season three in february i'm so stoked to get back to that podcast it's just so much fun to do the best and to watch the show and if you haven't had a chance to watch that because it was on stars and you didn't want to pay for it well guess what ash versus evil dead is on netflix now seasons one and two uh they're half hour shows just really quick and fun and funny and you'll know after you watch the first one whether or not you like it so i highly recommend especially during this hiatus that you go check that out it's fabulous and it really keeps the spirit of the original mm-hmm. evil dead and adds stuff to it too yes with pablo yeah. and kelly and everything <laughs> it's <laughs> so great and um uh, uh what's her name um lucy her lawless name? Lucy Lawless. Yeah. Yes. And if you, yeah, if you get into that show and then start listening to us, we interviewed 
many of the cast members, Lucy Lawless and a couple, a few of the other ones too. And I'm going to approach Bruce Campbell this year. So fingers crossed. Good. And then this last thing is potentially spoilery for The Walking Dead. So if you don't want to hear any potential spoilers, it's a piece of information that may point to something. You should just move on to the next segment now. But what it is, is that apparently, well, not apparently, Andrew Lincoln has shaved his beard completely. (gasps) What? Weird. Okay. he was spotted in a bowling alley in England for a charity (laughs) event for cancer. Oh, he's a good guy. Shaven. And uh, I don't know. I just feel like this is going to be his last season. You think so? You think he's tired of it and yeah. he's and he's wanting to do... He, he probably misses living in England. He said something about how he wanted this show to give him exposure in America so he could do other things. And I think he's yeah. gotten that. Now's the time, pal. Yeah. Wow, you might be, be too weird. late already. You better quit. <laughs> it'd be weird not to have rick on the show though i know i, I, I would feel strange i know the only thing that would make up for it for me is if they hired you to go on instead <laughs> yeah <laughs> that i'd watch i'm sure that's exactly what will happen hey i'd i'd totally love that <laughs> <laughs> you know uh if they if if it gets to be if they get out of this sort of endless loop that they seem to be stuck on right now yeah and if they if the show starts really rocking and rolling it they could totally survive losing rick it would be hard but they could. yeah hope you're right yeah i think you're right yeah they could but he's always been the one for me that i felt like he would be the one where i'm like i don't know if i still want to watch it without him but i mean i would definitely watch and see how they did yes <clears throat> I mean, let's face it, we'll never stop watching. As long as it's on, we're probably going to have <laughs> probably to Probably so, yeah. I don't know. If it's on in 10 more years, I might stop. <laughs> yeah. <point. laughs> I don't watch I, Simpsons I, anymore. I was going to say Simpsons. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, you know, every once in a while I catch a Simpsons I haven't seen. I'm it's like, still yeah, funny. I fell off. It is. It yeah. is. But it's just like, wow, 30 years. Right. Or whatever it is. I know. Okay, that's it for the news. Now let's talk about our sponsor, and that is Fracture. Have you gotten your fracture yet? I, I'm sure there's a few of you out there that have not, but I think there are also a bunch of you who are getting them because fracture keeps coming back to us. So that means the ads must be working. But if you haven't, then you're kind of a leg up on everyone else because you can get 15% off your first order by going Ooh. to fracture.me using code dead15 at checkout. I didn't even say what it was. What is a fracture? Fracture is a beautiful image, your image fused on glass, and it is gorgeous. It comes in, uh, in this amazing little package, and you pop it open. Everything is included, including the little screw to hang it in your wall, and it's so easy. Easy, So yeah. it's, the, it's the frame, it's the image, it's your image, and they make amazing gifts. And I just have to say, Mother's Day, Father's Day, coming Yeah, up. there's always some occasion. They're right. <clears throat> well, I just put up a few pictures of Bodie on, on our Facebook.com slash deadcast and people voted which one I should get done. And uh, there were a couple that had Nico and some people he goes, no, this one should just be Bodie. So they voted for just the Bodie one. But oh. um, then I took a new one and it's so fucking cute. He looks Aww. like a bunny. He's got like six teeth, you know, and he's got this big, <laughs> bright smile on his face. So uh, check that out at facebook.com slash deadcast. But um, I'm just bringing that up because 
that's a photo I'm like I can't keep this on my phone I want to look yeah. at it you know I you want other other people to see it it'd be so so perfect to have up somewhere and just add life to this house yeah and, and I'm sure that you guys have photos like that that you're proud of or that bring out some emotion uh, shows some that you know you you want to remind you of the beauty of your life uh, maybe you're thinking of one of those photos right now. Well, go to fracture me, fracture.me and give it, give it a try. It's again, that's fracture.me use code dead 15 for 15% off. Thanks fracture. Thanks fracture. Okay. Now we're going to talk about what makes a good TV show. And since you guys had so many great responses, I thought instead of us starting off with our opinions, we would just r- start reading yours and then maybe, you know, talk about each one. Chime if we have in. to say. Yeah. So go Let's ahead. Do it. Okay. So this first one comes from Grippy Bob Dabblino. Oh, wow. Sorry, Grippy Bob. I always screw up your name. Uh, high rewatch factor. Westworld, perfect example. Probably watched e- each episode three times and then a few more times when the next episode was out because the mysteries are subtle at first but hinted at more and more. I feel like Westworld is a new band with a new album with 10 tracks and they're all singles that went to number one. That's <laughs> so great. That's perfect. That is perfect. Um, the Walking Dead, on the other hand, is a group that has been together since 2000 and <laughs> had their first album. And after their first album, it's been up and down. Down extremely some albums only have one to three listenable tracks now the band is running on past hits with songs that repeat recycle the same melodies chords and tempos oh my god that's perfect i know Ash- that's sort of sadly that's, true that's so <laughs> true ash versus evil dead is like an extreme metal band that sprays its audience with blood and everyone <laughs> walks away from their very short sets wanting more and more to only release two albums and have a third on its way possibly as the last is an injustice to all. <laughs> it's so I didn't realize. Is their third season going to be their last one? Pro- I think it probably will because the ratings are pretty low, and uh, I think the ratings are low because it's on Stars, and Stars just even though their shows are amazing, yeah. American Gods is on there too. Um, people don't want to pay for another thing, you know. Yeah, you have to yeah. Pay for it. I mean, I hope not. They haven't said it's going to be their last, but. Um, they haven't, they haven't greenlit a fourth season, mm. but, uh, I agree with it. I mean, I, here's what I think. I think high uh, shows that have a high rewatch factor are good, but I don't necessarily think that you need to have a high rewatch factor to be a good show. Uh-huh. Like, like, um, I don't know, like comedies, you know, you might want to watch them again, oh, but comedies I watch over and over. Um, you know, one but you hear the same example. joke over again, and it's not maybe not as oh, funny. No, it's I don't always know. Funny. Yeah, so I guess I do though. I, I'm I, a very simple person. I watch it's Seinfeld always funny. episodes over again. Yeah, see, yeah, and The Simpsons too. Uh, no, it always uh, things always crack me up. I, I love uh, every time you do the um, the news <laughs> where the guy says, "Oh, he's yeah. dead. He's all messed up." I laugh every single stinking time. And yeah, um, yeah maybe, that's maybe just, it's right. Yeah, I guess I can't really think of a show that. Well, okay. How about like Daily Show? You wouldn't want to watch those over and over again, but that's no. a great show. Although there are some segments that are funny. Um, yeah. No, the kind that I can't watch over and over are the painful dramas. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, I even have a hard time rewatching. We're slowly making our way through Breaking Bad again, but there are some episodes that are painful to watch. In fact, yeah. uh, we just rewatched uh, The Train Robbery. 
And I, the last couple of minutes of that, oh, I couldn't watch. Yeah. I had to run to the other room because I just can't watch it. Fucking Todd. Fucking Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Who, by the way, was on USS Callister. Yeah. And was Captain, amazing. He was an asshole there, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Evan Brookman says, it all begins with a decent story and a good script. Tons of good actors and actresses have made horrible films because the story and script were poorly constructed. Everything else builds on that foundation. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree. I mean, again, yeah, I guess you're right. I was going to say Daily Show. It doesn't really have a story, but it has a good script. Yeah. 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 So because, uh, you know, I like I'm trying to think of these qualities that would work for any type of show, comedy, drama, uh, a sketch show like 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 the Daily Show. But but I, I think you're pretty much right on there. Yeah, it's all about um, if you don't start with something good like that, then it's not going to be good. Justin Newman writes all of the above and pacing. So many shows go from zero to 160. Ha ha ha. With a little warning, with little warning. And I don't think. It benefits the viewers at all. Game of Thrones season seven and The Walking Dead seasons eight are good examples. Yeah, that's a good point. Although I really like Game of Thrones season seven because I pretty much just love Game of Thrones at this mm-hmm. point. Um, but yeah, that's a good point. I mean, some shows are just paced fast, like Ash vs. Evil Dead from the start. Yes. Quick, yes. quick, quick. I think what's up with Game of Thrones and Walking Dead is they were paced one way and then the pacing changes and especially game of thrones season seven all of a sudden yes. they're just zipping all around yeah because they're like let's get this thing over with and then it was right. a little jarring right like right what's right. going on here still good though. yeah I, I loved it too uh but uh the walking dead season eight <sighs> wheel spinning yeah i mean he's saying that it's going too fast but you think? I think he's slow. saying. He said zero uh, to one hundred. Oh uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Jesse, did you mean that? Because it's all you? action. I think. I don't know. <laughs> and when Carver Holtzhausen says character development, when a show can change your opinion about a character, either in one episode with plot reveals, for example, Black Mirror's White Bear episode, or over many seasons, like Jamie Lannister. I love that when a sh- show changes your opinion about a character. Tony Soprano. Although, I, you know, I never changed my opinion about him, monster, all the way through. <laughs> but uh, but he's a monster that I loved and, and, and yeah. I had sympathy for, especially given who his mom was. I reluctantly did, but I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, what was, what, what was Black Mirror's White Bear episode? I can't remember. Uh, gosh, I can't remember either it was wasn't it this i don't want to give it away either but this woman who was in the situation and kind of had amnesia and then she figured out that it was completely different than she thought and and people were chasing after her wasn't it that one yeah yeah but i don't want to give away the twist i don't want to give it away Um, sorry i mean edit that out no no it's okay we didn't say much but i I mean i I want people to watch black mirror by the way um rima and sean are covering black mirror on strange indeed right now so and i'm jealous Okay, <laughs> so uh, Eugene, I, or there's also characters who change the other way. You know, Jamie Lannister's yeah. one who we thought was a total dick, and turns out he's a sympathetic guy. Eugene, he he, uh, I still find him sympathetic, but um, he's become a a weasel, and 
I like when Car- and Walter White, you know, when yeah. that show first started, I thought he was sympathetic. By the end, I was like, uh, he needs to be punished and die. Probably <laughs> <laughs> he needs to die. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But I, that's great. I mean, when because I like complex characters. Yes, I do too. One note ones are never as much fun. Yeah. Jillian Moreau says, I need a storyline that is intriguing and captures me, always making me want to come back for more. I'm not talking about a cliffhanger every episode, but something that leaves me excited for the next episode each week. I want a mix of drama, humor, and even heartbreak, and real-life situations that make the characters believable, even if the scenarios may be completely unlikely. It's the way they handle things. And for me, a character arc needs to be realistic. It can't be drastic, but it... it, Sorry, it can be drastic, but it shouldn't be so out of left field that it just isn't believable. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Good storyline with um, something to keep you coming back for more. And also the character arc needs to be Mm -hmm. realistic. Yeah, it can't be uh, out of left field. The character can't do something completely out of character. Yeah. It pisses me off so hard. Yeah, and I feel like this is probably a bit of a commentary on some things that have happened on Walking Dead characters acting like yeah what what that's not how so-and-so would act right exactly nick drew says consistent storytelling and stylistic approach i think are the most important i i agree with this actually i think stylistic approach can be a lot of things but to me it encompasses tone and cinematography and and when um like eugene and uh rosita and abraham came on to the walking dead as much as we love them, it felt like a stylistic jar jarring yes. to me. Yeah. Comic booky. Obviously, characters are the biggest factor of all. Or, you know, just make anyone who asks that question just watch Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah. That show holds all the answers to what makes remarkable TV. Yep. <laughs> yep. God, it really does. Yeah. So. Oh, wait this... a minute. Oh, this is a uh, <clears throat> Twitter um, handle. Top movie moment. Top movie moment says frenemies goes for movies as well. Rick Shane, Jack Sawyer, Batman, Superman. <laughs> this is a staple in great movies and television. Frenemies. Jason Karen. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let that frenemies are good. Walter White and Gus Fring. They're just more enemies. I guess Walter yeah. and Jesse are frenemies. Yeah. Walt and Jesse are kind of frenemies. <laughs> yes. Laura Willie Swink says you could have the biggest budget and the brightest stars, but the roots of a good show is good storytelling, taking the time to unfold a delicious plot and making it believable, not writing to what fans expect and want, but challenging their ideas and maybe even pissing them off at times when it actually contributes to the story. And a close second is cast chemistry. I can't stand watching a story that tries to force relationships that just don't gel. It's painful. Anakin and Amidala, anyone? <laughs> or <laughs> Sasha funny. Abraham, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. right. It's like these um, two are, seem like they're two? going through the motions to me. Yeah, and I don't think it's the actor's fault. I think it is a, like this this um, chemistry that you, you can't manufacture. Yeah, like, yeah. I wouldn't say it's... Uh, Michael Cudlitz or Sonico Martin Green's fault. Mm-mm. They're both great, but I just don't feel like they had chemistry, right? And sometimes right. you can't fake that. Right, right. Sasha and, and, and Bob did. 
Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Abraham and, mm-hmm. and Rosita did. Yeah. Oh, I miss Bob. He was great. Yeah. Lisa Tubbs writes, I agree with storyline and relatable characters, but with a twist that leaves you thinking, what the fuck? I never saw that coming, which leads us, the viewers, wanting to see more. In this day and age, nothing surprises me much. So I love a show that realistically keeps me on the edge of my seat. None of this is far-fetched. Suspension of disbelief bullshit that we're seeing so much (laughs) these days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, I couldn't agree with this more. And I feel like uh, when a show, well, I'm going to skip to my, to what I think is the number one thing that makes a good show is Do it, man. when there's a strong creative voice behind the show that has a vision. And that's Vince Gilligan on Breaking Bad. It's um, yep. uh, what the guy from Sopranos, uh, David Chase. Yep. It's... Uh, Matthew Weiner on Mad Men, um, Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse on Lost. Mm-hmm. And it feels like they're so jazzed about what they're doing that they're just discovering something. And you can feel their excitement about it. And it's fresh, yeah, right? Right. And so that's where the unexpected part comes in. And with something like Breaking Bad, a lot of it was was completely unexpected or lost. But um, there's also uh, with with comedies like Friends was one that I always thought was such a great show because there's a lot of things that are very comfortable. They're going to be in that big apartment. Their characters are really um, distinct from one another, but they're consistent. Ross is always a weenie. Um, Yeah. (laughs) uh, He's always loopy. And but the comedy on that show, I, I remember always thinking I, I, I would sometimes think I would know where a joke was going and then they would just go in some completely other unexpected. And direction it's hilarious and, and delightful. Laugh. Yeah. And that's where a comedy can totally be fresh is you just don't expect don't expect it. But drama like Lost, they would just have these like Lisa saying what the fuck situations. And it, yes, that just kept my brain awake the whole time watching it, you know? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, by the way, the showrunners for Westworld, uh, you can tell they had a clear vision from beginning to end. Yeah. That's one of the things I am delighted by with Westworld. That's Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy. His wife, right? Is it? I think so. I think they're husband and wife. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, I mean, that show, they... I think they plotted a lot of it out and even filmed some episodes and then they had to stop production because they really wanted to get it right. And then I think they didn't even film the pilot until after they had done that so that it all really felt so interwoven and set things up and little things. So it's definitely a show that you can go back and watch a second time and just get a whole new appreciation of. Right. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Clear vision by the showrunners for sure. Okay, where were we at? Cassandra Rhodes. I think it's my turn, right? Yeah. Real people. Ugly, pretty, fat, skinny, real personalities, and real emotions. Works every time. Yep. I also have to say, um, diversity in the cast, just like diversity in real life, um, also really helps. So not just ugly, pretty, fat, skinny, but uh, the whole range of humanity um really helps bring me into Mm. whatever I'm watching. If it's all the same cookie cutter types of people, I get pulled out right away. But when it's somebody who, when it looks like my community, I feel like, okay. 
Yeah, I, I like that too. And I'm totally looking forward to hearing now the new Alan Ball show on HBO, which I think is about, um, what's her name? Helen. Oh fuck. I forgot her name. But anyway, she like adopted Keller? a bunch of different kids and, uh, no, not Keller. It's modern, <laughs> <clears throat> but I mean, you know, that's not always the case. Like if you were watching a show about like ancient England, you don't want to see yeah. Chinese people in there or something. Unless you the, might. <laughs> but you know okay. what I mean. If you're watching a show that where it doesn't make sense. Even even uh, Game of Thrones uh, is pretty good about having a fairly diverse cast. Yeah, Not, but I, I they mean, go to different parts of their world where there are different types of right, people. Right. Which is right. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Okay, who's next? <laughs> Ashley Brittany Pierce writes, great involves storylines. If it's a comedy, simplicity is usually key. Cleverness, attention to detail. Amen, sister. Yep, yep. Yeah, I think comedy and simplicity is just like, let's have a simple situation. You know, maybe it's the same living room every time. And the jokes are where the freshness comes from. Yep. Like we were just saying, Mandy Castillo says mainly a, a strong plot that won't fizzle out when the initial mystery or conflict is solved. Good actors are a plus also knowing when to bow out gracefully. Ooh, a couple of my favorite shows just <laughs> went on for too long. Unfortunately, uh-huh. our beloved walking dead sometimes feels that way. Yeah. That like that, um, Alcatraz show that JJ Abrams tried to yep. do with Jorge Garcia. Yep. I think that premise just felt like it would be kind of tedious after a while. Yeah, you know. and I and I love uh, Jorge Garcia. Yeah. Love him, love him, love him. And I watched one, and I was like, eh. Eh, he's in something else now. Good. I think he's in Hawaii Five O. Is he great? Yeah. yeah. With his fellow uh, lost castmate. Oh no, no he, he left. left. Yeah. He, yeah. He was, he was mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Megan Divley. <sighs> I'm never going to get this right. Megan Divley Lehman said, (laughs) clever, thoughtful writing that treats the viewers like we're in on the joke. Yeah, that means they don't treat you like you're stupid. And that's actually, okay, so that's my number one. Um, And I'll say it a different way. Um, I want a really smart writing room and I want a smart showrunner. I want, in fact, I want to feel like um, they're way smarter than I am mm-hmm. so that as things are revealed to me, I am so impressed with the writer's brilliance. I'm so impressed with how the showrunners set it all up. Um, I want to feel like they are brilliant and I am watching this brilliance unfold. And, and it can be it can be about stupid things like uh, one of my very favorite shows is The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And that is, uh, you know, dumb but brilliant beavis and butthead was like that for me yeah on the surface it just seemed really stupid but there were a lot of little subtleties in there that you're like just got me (laughs) yeah my and my my very favorite shows that off the top of my um head are lost westworld game of thrones unbreakable kimmy schmidt master of none parks and rec buffy and breaking bad Uh and what it can't be say it's off the top of your head if you have a list yeah that's true that was off the the list (laughs) when you wrote those yeah when i when i scratched out my chicken scratch of my list right here Uh, um yeah you're right uh when um i think all of those have writers who were really really smart 
Well, I think you're right. Um, I think Breaking Bad is an example of a show and and Game of uh, Thrones, but you know George Martin gets a, a lot of the credit for that. Who wrote the novels? Yes, Breaking Bad. It, it is because you don't know where it's going to go, but once it you figure it out, or once you see, it feels like, oh man, that's so genius, and it's inevitable, right? Yes, right. With Lost, you didn't know where it was going to go. You didn't understand what was going on, and then you never figured it out. And because the writers, I don't think, were as smart, they couldn't figure it out. Hey. <laughs> and so they didn't. No, I'm totally serious about that. Mm-hmm. The, the writers were not as smart for that show as Vince Gilligan was for Breaking Bad, because you can write yourself into a corner and then if you can figure your way out of it that's amazing but they didn't (laughs) (laughs) well yeah Vince Gilligan um, pretty famously wrote himself or the writers wrote themselves into corners and they got themselves out in ways like those guys are so fucking brilliant that's yeah exactly and Mad Men I mean that's one of my favorites and it just felt like that's a show where with and Sopranos too where I would watch it and kind of get it, but not, and then it would just sit with me and it just, uh, felt like, man, there's deep stuff going on here. And then I'd start hitting on some things or listen to some podcasts and they would talk about different themes. And it just felt like every episode was a really good short story. Um, and so I think it's a literary literary quality show. Obviously, you don't since you just almost threw up. But um, <laughs> yeah, I was so so impressed with that show. <clears throat> I didn't like Don Draper, but I love the show. Sometimes I watched uh, some of the episodes. I watched a couple times that I liked them so much, but I, it was so inconsistent that it um, drove me a little bit nutty. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Uh, Roseanne. I mean, this whole thing oh, about yeah. someone with a creative vision, you know? Uh-huh. I mean, I, I feel like uh, Fear the Walking Dead was getting to a place where I felt like that with Dave Erickson, and now they've kicked him out, which is a bummer. <laughs> Seinfeld with Larry David and, and Jerry Seinfeld. The Simpsons with Matt Grinig. Graining. 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 Rhymes, rhymes with complaining. Twilight Zone. Rod ah. Serling, I found out, he wrote 92 of that show's 156 wow. episodes. Go Red Sterling. John Stewart with Daily Show. Uh, Andy Griffith, going back to Andy Griffith. Letterman. Six Feet Under, maybe my favorite you show. Love That's that show. Alan Ball's vision. Can't wait to see it. Yeah, so... So um, that's why it's just so important, I think. I mean, yes, you need good actors and good crew and cinematography and effects and all that. But for me, it really just goes back to that solid creative vision. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yep. All right. Well, thank you guys for chiming in. I knew that you guys would have a lot of great opinions on that. So thank you. Let's take a little break. There's lots more to come. Stay with us. Okay, we're back. It's time to talk about Little Evil, which is a Netflix movie. And you can watch it on Netflix. And it stars... Who does it star? Adam... 
It stars one of my favorite actors, um, Adam Scott. Adam Scott, who yeah, yeah. was he was in a bunch of different things. He was in Parks and Rec, and he was wonderful in Parks and Rec. He's in uh, another fun kind of horror, uh, funny horror movie called Krampus. Did you ever see Krampus? No, I want to see that. It's it's delightful. It's become kind of a classic, right? Because I think uh, it just yeah. came out a couple of years ago, like three yeah. or four years ago. Starring Adam Scott. Uh, by the way, Adam Scott from Santa Cruz. He's a local guy. Oh, and I think yeah. he does podcasts too, Earwolf. Does he really? Yeah, he's comedy. He's great. Um, Evangeline Lilly is in it, and mm-hmm. she's wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. And she's from Lost, of course. You may know her, as, but she's been in a bunch of other things. I liked it because I've mostly seen her as Kate in Lost. Yeah. And uh, then she's played the Wasp in Ant-Man, and she was in this uh, The Hobbit. And she, uh-huh. in all of those, she's just sort of a powerful, uh, grounded person, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And in this, she's kind of a loopy, naive, and, uh, you know, oh, I love, trying to be I a mom. That. And she was great. But I mean, I just like to see, oh, yeah, she's a good actress. She, she just yeah. doesn't always play she's the same got, character. This was, she, yeah. she's got range. And I love that the, she played a mom in denial in yes. just beautifully. Like hand waving and and my favorite part was when she went into the room and sees uh, rapture spell backwards on the ceiling and it's all like crazy, you know, almost blood all around it. And she's like, so creative. I know. I was going to say that. It was one of my favorite moments too. So creative. (laughs) And when she saw that her son had buried her new husband alive, she was like, what did she say? She's like, that is it, you you're, you're you're getting a timeout, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's just beautifully in denial for the entire movie. It's so and, great. But then uh, also, remember when I told you about that crazy time in my twenties when I dropped out of school and joined <laughs> that sort of cult? Uh, no, I don't think you told me about that. No. They were chanting and they put me in the star and they covered me in this warm red body paint. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I was impregnated. <laughs> yeah, I, I blacked out and uh, <laughs> had a bad dream. <laughs> so it's yeah, great. It's, a, it's such a fun movie. It's it, mm-hmm. it is it knows what it is, and it sort of walks a fine line from you know in between uh, horror and comedy, and it yeah, mostly sort of, comedy. I'd mostly say. comedy, <laughs> but some horror. It's, yeah, a little uh, bit. Le- le- legitimately fun. Uh, it's um, just if you haven't seen it uh, uh, a couple get married and the stepson is or may or may not be Spawn of Satan yeah we're we're doing spoilers so I I recommend going and watching it if you don't uh, and stopping listening to us if you don't want to hear spoilers yeah I I liked it too it got good reviews so that so that kept me hopeful but I gotta say for the first 10 or 15 minutes I was like I don't know not really digging this so much. It's okay. And then I start the humor really sn- snuck up on me because yes. it's subtle. It's not yes. bang you over the head goofy or anything, you know, just little behavioral things. Yes. And it, right when they had the um, group therapy, I think that's when and he's talking about <laughs> shitting in his kid's backpack. And <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm right. Like, okay, this is pretty good. <laughs> The, the group of uh, of uh, stepdads. The, yeah. Yes. I, the stepdad support group with, uh, uh, by the way, Donald um, Fi- Faison um, from Scrubs. 
Yeah, and the other guy, uh, the the stubbly bearded dude, I don't know his name, but he was in a sitcom too. I think they're those are all comedians. Yeah, they were perfect. Really perfect. My son's yeah. the worst one. My son shit in my sock drawer. I stand corrected. <laughs> <laughs> There's a ton of um, horror film homages all through this too, which yeah. was great. Like uh, Poltergeist when he has his hand up on the TV, even the though TV. I don't think they have TVs like that anymore, but that's okay. Right, right. <laughs> uh, the, the Exorcist. Whoa, and. Which- the Omen, uh, Rosemary's Baby. Shining. Yeah. I mean, my favorite was... The twins. Uh, <laughs> I think it was right after the clown burned and then he's on the gurney <laughs> and he's saying, your son made me do this. And then he, uh, the stepdad looks over and he sees two twins with (laughs) these old fashioned dresses just like the ones in the shining and there's scary music and then the dad drives up and he's like wanda lucy come on (laughs) (laughs) by that moment i was like oh this is hilarious I think I laughed the hardest when the when the mom tells Lucas the kid to come in and join them in their bed and mm-hmm. uh so he uh crawls into bed in between the two of them and he does some terrible like exercise. He's looking like, at the dad at first, he's just staring at him. Yeah, and he's staring at him. <laughs> and the lights go off. <laughs> and then you hear going <laughs> <laughs> Dad's all fuck this. And see, my favorite, I think my favorite thing about it is this guy, he's an earnest good guy. Yes. And he's trying to do his best. And this yes. kid is literally the Antichrist. Yes. And everybody's like, it's never the child's fault. And <laughs> oh, you tried talking to him. What? A, and that clip I played at the beginning where they're like, why, you know, why is it so hard for men? And I kind of identify like situations where you're trying your best and things aren't going so well. And uh, like I sometimes I feel like I'm doing a lot, but just no one's happy with me anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's being a a dad is sort of thankless. Sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes. And and actually it says a lot about um, the movie actually has some interesting things to say about what being a parent is yes. really like because the, you know the priest which uh, <laughs> was sort of funny the priest um, sp- at the wedding speaks backwards yeah. and he says yeah, it's about laptop Latin's such a beautiful language <laughs> right <laughs> that honey that wasn't Latin <laughs> he was actually committing me to take care of Lucas at all costs like protect him at all costs for the rest of my life and which is what you're kind of doing when you sign up to you know um, get married you're you you're gonna protect the stepson for the rest yeah. of your life that's what parenthood mm-hmm. is which is kind of great yeah um and i think um you know even though i just said i feel like i'm doing as much as i can and no one's happy i i, I thought it was also interesting when he said the therapist or the child protective services sally field was asking him you know so or so what has he done and well i talked to him and i drove him to school and it's like that wasn't yeah actually wasn't very much <laughs> like he could have done better <laughs> right <laughs> so you get that feeling like sometimes i get the feeling maybe i am the asshole i don't know <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so I started to like, but I, I, I was curious about your take on one thing in particular. I think um, a lot of times in movies over the years, there's the hero and he's male and everyone else pretty much serves as a catalyst for his story. And I think this movie kind of was like that. Don't you agree? Yes. Yeah. And is that okay with you? Yeah. In this case. Yeah. Because it was it, just it, a fun movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a silly, dumb movie told told really from the stepdad's perspective, the stepdad Gary, Gary's perspective. It's all about, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's from, uh, you know, uh, and Gary finds out more and more. And, and I thought the, the movie was going to go one way and it went another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what what surprised was, you? Uh, uh, what uh, a ton of stuff surprised me. Um, but what really surprised me is that um, at the end, you know what? The kid's not really evil he's not evil incarnate he's just a portal and mm-hmm. um at the end they win and you get the feeling that maybe they can be a happy family in fact you see them sort of being a happy family at the end it's nice when i saw that pet i knew i knew uh, you were gonna love it yeah <laughs> I, I did i got it. i am a sucker for a happy ending uh, also i loved um bridget everett she plays al, al and yeah. i loved how this movie treated um, this character, this character has no particular gender, although, you know, uh, um, hints at, you know, Al is part of the stepdad's um, support group. Um, I thought and, she was just a lesbian. I mean, maybe, but yeah, at a couple po- at a couple points, um, uh, Al's introduced as a stepdad. Yeah, I just thought that was a cute thing for it her to cute. say. It's super cute, yeah. but it's kind of great that there's like it's they don't make a deal out of it. Right. It's not a thing at, at all. It's not made into a joke at all, and it's not made into a a thing. It's just it just is, and and Al is great. Al, she was funny out. too. Yeah, she's super funny. Yeah, yeah, I love that. The, so back to the part where um, it shifted because uh, they did such a great job. The kid is so creepy. And yes. doesn't doesn't say anything except with his little evil goat puppet. <laughs> where he's like, <laughs> get out. And it's this supernatural demon voice. And other than that, he just had this evil stare uh, pretty much all the time. Didn't yes. act kid-like at all. No. He just like abruptly walks off sometimes. Only creepy. And that helped with the tension. Like, don't people see that I'm yes. with this evil kid? And then when they get to the water park, he... he uh, uses the puppet again but it's he's in a more kid voice and i thought oh we heard him actually kind of talk there and then he smiles and laughs and Uh um, my first thought was oh they're taking away from the edge of this you know i want him to just be the antichrist through the whole thing but then i I, my heart kind of melted especially when he's like you know they took a picture and he went and saved him in the slide and the kid was laughing and i'm like nah i'm glad this happened you know it's a parent thing with me but i'm just like yeah that was nice Nice ship there. <laughs> it did take I, away. It did totally change the the movie, but that's okay. I like that the sacred holy ground was the water park. <laughs> water parks are fun. Water parks I, are yeah, fun. I took Nico yeah. this year and it was a blast. Oh, Nico had fun? Yeah, he can't go on the super big ones yet, but no. maybe next year. Or maybe never. <laughs> those, no, he, those slides are scary. I love them. Wanna, Do you? Yeah. There's one, you know, the one in San Jose? Yes. Uh, you go down this slide and then you're in a bowl 
Yes. And you go around the bowl two or three times and then you go down like it's a toilet down the middle of the bowl. I didn't do that. I was too afraid. It's so fun. I heard it was awesome. All right, I, I'm taking uh, you. David and our niece Leo did that, but I was like, nope, nope. Oh, you'd love it. It's the funnest thing ever. I, You know, I did take Nico on the... Uh, uh, I hope you guys are liking hearing about this, but I took him on the scariest one that he could go on uh-huh. and we had to climb up a, a lot of stairs yeah, and we were uh, waiting in line and he's like, oh, I'm not so sure. I don't know. And I'm like, well, are, are you sure? Come on. Yeah, I think you're going to enjoy And I forget what I said, but I got him okay with it. And then halfway down, I'm like, are you having a good time? He goes, yeah. So he, he <laughs> loved it. As soon as we got to the bottom, he wanted to go back again. I know him well enough to know that he's going to like that stuff. <laughs> I think your your real daredevil though is um going to be Bodie. Bodie. Yeah. He just throws himself off the edges of things right now. <laughs> he's he's crazy. Uh the kid, he he was great. He was super creepy, but then he was a cute little kid and mm-hmm. that was that was all good. Yeah, I think talked about did the, it. Uh a few notes. Um I agreed with the wedding videographer that doing it more Scorsese like was actually pretty cool. <laughs> I thought, that I thought was his hilarious. footage looked good. Yeah. It would have been agree. boring just to be stationary. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, have some appreciation for filmmaking techniques. Um, I liked Sally Field's character. I liked, uh, she, by the way, is the mother of the writer director Eli Craig. Yes. I found that, that out. I was like, oh, that's <laughs> cool. And the the scene where she's in there talking to uh, the mom and her friends, who's the girlfriend of Al, and they're all sort of on each other's side, it seemed like. And that's when the dad is upstairs going, can you help me? And they're like, why do men always need so much help? <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> but then it was funny, that dynamic, because they all seem together. And then when Sally Field goes to leave... She's like, oh, nice to meet you. What's your name, Wendy? Oh, uh, by the way, your car is blocking mine. And it just shifted where she was kind of mean. And then um, she she goes, okay, I'll be right out. And then Sally Field left. And then the two women are left. And then the mom's like, can you please go get here out of my out of my house? So I like how there's these shifting allegiances, uh-huh. just like we kind of have in our real life sometimes. Right, right, exactly. Because <laughs> those little subtle things just, make, I love it because I'm like, yeah, these people understand human nature. Right. <laughs> Right. What did what did Eli Craig write before? I don't know. Do know? Uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil or something like that. Did you see that? No, but I'm sure some I, of our listeners have. Listeners, tell us if that's worth a watch. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be a I cult l- classic. Speaking of listeners, should we go into what they have? Or do you? Did you have yeah. anything else? Okay. What was that? Do you remember the goat's name? I thought it was just Goat Puppet. No, he had, had an name. awesome name. I don't know. Hang on. Reroy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Reroy. 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 Sorry, we lost Reroy. <laughs> okay, I'm going to start first. So, Owen Atlas, who played Lucas, what says, I hope you love Little Evil. I had a blast being in it. Are you well, kidding me? We did, dude. So... <laughs> yeah, because Rima started an Instagram account for us recently. Uh-huh. And I, I don't really know do Instagram very much, so I was happy that she came up with that idea. I think um, she was inspired by Duncan and Kristen doing it for Gamer Microphones. Anyway, yeah. then she posted that we were going to be talking about this movie, and so he chimed in. <gasps> That's so cool! 
cool. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Owen Atlas. And I hadn't seen it yet. And so I was thinking, well, I hope I, I do too. Yeah. And then I watched it and liked it. So I replied back to him and said, I loved it. You were great. And then he just smiley faced me back. So that was kind of cool. Oh, that's really awesome. <laughs> he must be pretty young. Yeah. I mean, he was ter- just turning six in the movie. But um, oh, that was another funny moment when the therapist was asking Gary about his life and he said you know my son and how old is he oh he's about to turn six in fact we're having a party for him and the therapist is all oh six is a good age they're still so malleable and then gary's like uh okay (laughs) 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 or when uh, because that tells you more about the therapist than anything right Right. or when they're walking down the street with al and uh and gary tells al um yeah, she was in this satanic cult and had this like sex ritual. And Al's like, hey, well, it doesn't mean anything. She probably just needed the money. And I'm like, that might tell you a little more about Al than anybody else. <laughs> Which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Mm-hmm. All right, my turn. Yeah. Fran Bernstein says, it was a fun movie. The kid definitely had the creepy Damien factor. Also, does Evangeline Lily ever age? Apparently not. A little bit. Not much. No. <laughs> and when Carver Holtzhausen says, liked it, although I took a while to get into it, just like me. Initially, I found the hot fuzz slash Shaun of the Dead style scene transitions distracting as it seemed such a copy of those movies, like making the coffee really quick and cut, cut, cut. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like that. But I got into it and there were enough super creepy moments, kid by the TV and LOLs, everything Al said yes. to keep me happy. Great fire effects at the end. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, everything else said. Oh, my God. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elizabeth uh, Nikolaevich says, I watched it and liked it. The kid's countenance kept you guessing if it was, in fact, him. That was central. All in all, um, how he came about was an interesting little story. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I agree. Bridget McNeese says, I've watched it a couple times and really liked it. I thought it had a great cast and was campy and fun to watch. I loved seeing Sally Field as a crazy cult follower. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm glad you guys so liked wonderful. it. Love, I love Sally Field in this. Pake Allen says, I actually uh, really enjoyed it. Coming from the dude who made Tucker and Dale versus Evil, I knew it would be fun. Okay, there's our review. Um, mm-hmm. Adam Scott is always great, and the story did a great job reeling me in. Dang, kid creep me out hardcore. And by the end, I fell in love with the little guy and was pulling for everything to be okay with him. The d- dynamic of them as father son was hilarious and at times adorable i agree yeah (laughs) awesome all right well good suggestion thanks for suggesting that it was fun i'm happy we did it now it's time for listener moans groans and grunts so we almost never read our itunes reviews on the podcast i think we did when we first started and then we realized that seemed kind of narcissistic um but i promised i would read a couple of the most unique ones or fun funny ones if you included your favorite dessert or breed of dog that was a bonus i said (laughs) so here's a couple chesky 64 says love karen and jason best podcast on all things walking dead often better than the show even great in the off season keep up the good work yes i fangirl over karen sorry jason karen is better than black lab puppies and keto cheesecake 
<laughs> I know. I know she wow. is. Wow. <laughs> Black Lab Puppies, that's that's a high bar. <laughs> Thanks, Chesky64. <laughs> Karen Schiff writes, Jason and Karen Zedcast is my favorite podcast about all things Walking Dead. These two hosts have great chemistry. They complement each other uh, to give well-rounded opinions about the franchise. And gosh darn it, they're just really fun to listen to. But since The Walking Dead is not fun in games, I appreciate that Jason and Karen also have incisive commentary about the show and comic. Their top five highlights make each episode concise, no repetitive rehashing um, what you've already seen. Most importantly, I love the community that they've built around their podcast. Their listener, Moans, Groans, and Grunts, allows all of us to participate in our favorite show. Listen to Jason and Karen. It'll be like eating warm apple pie a la mode. A la mode, baby. <laughs> I can't eat that anymore. <clears throat> you can't eat warm apple pie a la mode? Uh, only on oh, it's not days. keto. <laughs> okay, uh, now we get into just regular old feedback. So this is an email from Vince. He says, "Hey Jason, when are you starting the Westworld podcast?" A couple weeks ago, I think this is an old email. You mentioned it a few weeks ago, and I want to make sure I don't miss it, especially if you do as good a job with it as you do with The Walking Dead. Yep, me and David put out one episode already. Go to westworldcast.com, and that'll take you right to either iTunes or Apple Podcasts on your phone. And uh, we'll have another one out in like a week and a half or so. And we also did review the first two episodes of Westworld a while back. Yeah. And that's a good point because David and I are doing it all spoilers. We were going to try not to, but it would just be too hard to pretend we didn't know what we know. Yeah. And so if you, you you should only listen to that if you have seen season one, I would say don't 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 get spoilers only listen to it if you've seen season one but as karen just said in walking dead cast episode 235 karen and david and i covered westworld seasons one and two and we hadn't seen the rest of it so that's i mean episodes one and two so that's uh another way if you don't want spoilers and then we also actually went back and did a whole season one episode two after that did we yeah i don't even remember that at some point we and, loved it, and you, and hopefully you'll come on one of these sometime and guest with me and David. That. Yeah, that'd be yeah. that'd be awesome. It's complicated though. I'm not. I'm not sure I can keep up. Uh, it's it's a complicated show, but yeah, I Shut have up. I have opinions, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't even Ka- want to hear that. Karen Shu <laughs> writes: Do you guys think you'll watch and review Stephen Yun's Mayhem? It's super bloody and tongue in cheek, which seems consistent with the shows that you like. Just a suggestion. Mayhem. Have yes. you watched it? No, but I have, it's got good reviews and yeah? it stars Stephen Young and it's a horror movie. So we Sounds... can't not. Yes. So we have two more, uh, I think, off-season shows until uh, Walking Dead starts. So well, we'll definitely cover it in one of those. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Heck yeah. Nick Archer says, uh, this is from last month by the way which is why he says hey jason i want to say happy holidays to you karen and your families it was a tough year this year and i didn't enjoy the walking dead as much as i would have liked i did like the carl twist though but you two still give me a warm place to seek shelter thank you for that (laughs) i can't wait for the podcast with david i love mr b but david might be my favorite guest host I'm going to try and up my Patreon support, by the way. I was diagnosed with Meniere's disease and money has been difficult, but things are changing now and I'd like to finally offer a bit more support. So I'll work on that. I'm looking forward to the next podcast as always. 
So I looked that up and it sounds just such like su- such a pain in the butt. It's um, recurring episodes of vertigo. So you feel like you're dizzy, hearing loss ringing in the ear. Uh, and he's been to a bunch of specialists, he told me later. And doctors tried different things like cutting out caffeine. And he says he gets inspiration from Rick in The Walking Dead just going Aww. through a lot of stuff. Yeah. He's trying a new therapy now involving antidepressants. So he hopes that that will um, help him out. But I was like, dude, don't. Don't donate more if you can't no. afford it. Like, you know what? And he must be—he must be in England. He, do why? you see how he spelled favorite? Oh, I didn't know. I don't know. Yeah. Or in Canada, or in uh-huh. Australia, or in New Interesting. Zealand. Interesting. Um, I—he's a novelist. He told me he. We've been going back and forth. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I um had a misdiagnosis of Meniere's disease once, and I was told by my doctor cut out salt. Interesting. Cut out salt entirely. And so I did. And then another um, brain doctor. What do you call that? Neurologist. Yes. Neurologist. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Zoologist. Whatever. (laughs) Said, said, no, you don't have Meniere's disease. You probably have migraines. But I got, you know, vertigo and all kinds of weird things happening. Uh, Anyway. um, Yeah. How long ago was that? No fun. Um, This was about 10 years ago. And did you um, get over it? Yeah, it didn't come back. I and and like I said, it wasn't Meniere's disease, but um, it ha- I had all the trappings of Meniere's. Yeah. It was awful, oh, man. really awful. Yeah, yeah. I hope you. Uh, I hope this new therapy worked out for you. And uh, Nick, Nick's been a listener for a long time. If you, if there's anything that we can do for you, Nick, let us know. Yeah. Good luck, honey. Okay. Now we have one call. This call is from Richie from Los Angeles. He mentions who the Fear of the Walking Dead crossover character is. So if the one or two people who don't know that (laughs) and don't want to know, you should probably not listen to this call and skip to the next section. So here we go. Hey, Jason and Karen. This is Richie from Los Angeles. I'm actually listening to your podcast right now and listening to you guys discuss the disaster artists. And for some reason, I felt inspired to give you guys a call for the first time. I uh, just wanted to give a big shout out and thank you to both of you guys for always providing a great Walking Dead podcast and also keeping us entertained in other ways. It really helps me get through certain days of the week when I have a lot of downtime. And uh, I just wanted to see if you guys had seen the uh, pictures that were posted the last couple days. Uh, you have Morgan uh, in his first appearance of Fear of the Walking Dead. Uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. And also, uh-huh. I was wondering if you guys saw Entertainment Weekly released a steel shot of Michonne and Rick carrying Carl uh, as Alexandria is burning. And I just oh. thought maybe uh, it might be something you guys might be interested in looking up. Anyway, guys, again, I just want to say uh, thank you for always keeping us entertained. And I uh, hope everyone's doing well. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Richie. Thanks, dude. You know what? I haven't seen those, and I, I typically I don't like looking at that stuff too much because I don't want to be spoiled. So um, I know Morgan's going to be on Fear, and that's enough for me. I don't want to see who he's, what he's doing, or anything until I actually watch it. Uh, and same thing with this Carl episode. I know he's bitten, and I have a story actually. So um, I did a panel with Chandler Riggs in Portland a couple weekends ago. And he really seems taken aback by this whole thing. Oh, 
Yeah. And he, he, he was putting on a totally brave face about it. But, um, by the end of the panel, I mean, just, he's only 18 and having all these people just being so sad, like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I think he's like, you know, I'm still alive. It's not my funeral, you know? (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I felt kind of bad because I could have done a better job. I mean, I did try to say uh, like he's produced some music under the uh, pseudonym Eclipse and it's actually really cool. It's electronic Ah. music. Yeah. Check that out. You guys Eclipse. Um, I, I like it a lot. So, um, I hope that he finds success after this. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. And is he is he gonna take is he taking a gap year? I mean, is that what he's doing right now? I mean, I read that. I I didn't ask him about it because uh, I didn't want to. I don't know. I just yeah. I don't know. I was trying to be careful, but um, I that's what I read. Yeah, he's taking a gap year, and he's just basically gonna try to make his next big career move. He's in another movie coming out. It's like an independent film or something. But yay think he's gonna you know do a lot of auditions and and try to get his music stuff going and everything good Mm -hmm. all right that's our show episode 294 thank you so much as ever for listening everybody thanks everybody if you want to give us a call you can reach us at 650-485-DEAD that's 650-485-3323 you can email us at brains at podcastica.com. Find us on the web at facebook.com slash deadcast. And be sure to check out our other shows at podcastica.com. If any of that Patreon stuff sounded good to you, or if you even just want to help support these podcasts and keep it all going, then go to patreon.com slash Jason and Karen. Also, don't forget to check out westworldcast.com if you're into Westworld. There's a podcast with me and David. Karen's other half, <laughs> better half. In next episode, we uh, we'll probably do the Stephen Young horror movie Mayhem, which I'm, I'm looking forward to. Anything else you got to say? That's pretty much it, brother. <laughs> this All is right. fun. I'm so glad. It's been a little while since I've podcasted. Yeah. This is super fun. I know. Yeah, it's good to have you back. I always know I don't have to worry about whether I'm going to have fun when you're on. It's like, Aww. yep, I'm going to have fun on this one. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening. Don't, don't get, get bit on when Carver, Carver holds housing. housing. <laughs>